Hello and welcome back to another spectacular episode of Podcast 63. Uh, it's the third episode of Season 2 and we got a fun one for you. Uh, this week's episode is sponsored by the entire decade of the 70s uh, because we have we have the mood being set right now with a disco light uh, in our podcasting room. So thank you to the decade of the 70s and only the decade of 1970. Um, we're going to have a fun one for you guys today. We have lots of stuff, lots of news, uh, former Ramblers uh, signing professional contracts. We have lots of Valley news, and then we have um, some more scheduling news. We're going to finish up the non-con schedule, which is exciting. And we have another new commit and what that means for our roster going into uh, the next year and the years after that. Um, so make sure to stick, stay tuned, listen up, listen in. It's going to be a good one. Go Blurs. He jumps, he passes out to Hunter. Hunter shoots off the rim, drops in the scores. It's over, it's over. We won, we won the ball game. Viola won the ball game. Oh, we won 60 to 58. All right, so let's start off with the news segment this week. Um, we'll start off with some Rambler news. A uh, couple, couple big items here. Start off with the most exciting one. Um, former Rambler, Milton Doyle. Uh, famously turned the program around, in my opinion. Uh, had his rights traded from uh, one of the G League teams. Long Island Nets. Long Island Nets. Uh, to our hometown Windy City Bulls, uh, which is a cool thing for him. Um, he also has a partially guaranteed contract with the Chicago Bulls, which doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be playing on the professional team, but does mean he gets a little bit more money. And Lou, I think you were saying that it means a little more too. Could you go into that, like what what that means that it's partially guaranteed? Yeah, no, totally. So yeah, so for people who might be confused because how could his how could he even have a contract traded uh, because he was with uh, the Spanish team he was with? So uh, the Long Island Nets still had his contract because he was still playing with them, and so they had the rights to call him back. Uh, but then the Windy City Bulls acquired those rights. So just a simple trade. Um, also, I believe the Windy uh, City Bulls sent uh, player rights to a few guys, mm-hmm. and then actually a fourth, the fourth pick in the 2019 NBA G League draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the, the G League draft, for people might be like, "Oh, that means nothing." Actually, it's kind of become a big thing. So the G League is becoming. Mo- I think a stat said over the season, like around either 30 to 50 percent of current NBA players have spent some time in the G League. So it's becoming mm-hmm. more of a thing. But um, for Milton's sake, uh, partially guaranteed. Uh, gets him with the G League team, so he's on the Windy City Bulls, but also then the Chicago Bulls now. They have pretty much like the the ability to bring him to training camp. He can jo- do a few things. He's part of practice, and then the contract also is definitely pays a little bit more. Uh, there's certain rules uh, again, as people might uh, remember, he was actually on the two way contract. So two way mm-hmm. contract is similar to the guaranteed contract. I don't know really what divides him because the two uh, way contract was set up where he can play a certain amount of NBA games. But he also got to be back in the G League, so... I would uh, imagine it might just be a little less money. Yeah, no, again, is just the thing, is when you drop down from the NBA, again, his NBA minimums are sometimes for certain right. players might not be as the big money we see, but I think this is a great uh, like kind of direction for him. He's only 25 still, mm-hmm. um, so he's kind of really finding out his skill set and where he fits really well. He kind of killed that league that he was in last year in Spain. He did, had a really good season. Yeah, no, that. he had a good season. And again, I, I, the thing that shocked me is he had a great season... Um, with uh, the Long Island Nets, and then for some reason when he was on the Summer Leagues. And granted, for people to remember, he was in the Summer League this past year. Right. He played for the uh, Sacramento Kings Summer League. Uh, he played with guys like Kyle Guy, National Championship. Um, so there was a whole bunch of guys on that team that he played with. And he actually went off, I think his last game, he had about like 15 points, I feel, or mm-hmm. something high. But uh, So, yeah, so it was a great step in the right direction and uh, just hopefully shows more progression from a former alumni of the team. Kyle Guy sounds like a fake name. Kyle Guy, yeah, he definitely. It's like Joe Smith. Joe Smith, okay. Yeah, like I feel like. Or like John Smith, you mean? Like just John Smith, Joe Smith, Joe, Kyle Jane Guy, Doe. those are all like best friends and they don't exist, okay. in my opinion. Yeah, well, he would have been great. He was from Indianapolis, so he okay. would have been great been on the team. But yeah, I can yeah. see that. We're excited, though. I mean, for, for Mill, it's a great opportunity for him. And he is close to home, so that's cool. I'm sure his mom is super pumped. We love her. Birdie. Yeah, Birdie. Shout out, Birdie. Um, if you, if Birdie, if you want to sponsor the podcast, you're more. if you want to come on the podcast, you're more than welcome to. Um, so good for Milt. Um, we're pumped for him. We'll keep you updated on 
on how his season goes for the Windy City Bulls or if he gets up to the, the big league team. Um, it is kind of moving towards that direction with the NBA and the G League, where I think 29 out of 30 teams have a, a G League team now. I forget which NBA team doesn't, but it's kind of like the minor leagues and then to the major leagues. So he's in the minor leagues kind of right now. Um, the second player who signed a contract. Well, uh, there, there's been a notice of some action. Yeah. We don't know the full spread. Yeah, right go now. ahead, Lou. What what uh, what happened? Well, what ha- we happened? noticed on a, a former player that people may know the name of is Clayton Custer on his uh, Instagram said that um, that good old uh, former, his best friend and high school friend. Oh, did they go to high school together? Ben Richardson and Clayton, they happened to go to high school. Really? Yes, wow. Yes, At the same, like, same time. Same time, wow. same school. And they ended up playing at Loyola together. So, yeah. But Ben Richardson supposedly is going to play in the Czech Republic hmm. uh, this coming season. His second year now playing abroad. Uh, last year, I believe he played in Poland. So You know, I'm a little Czechoslovakia myself. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I think he was a big fan of me. Big fan of where you're so from. He was like, hey, okay, do this I guy a favor. Well, uh, yeah, so it's good to see Ben. Uh, for people who might know, like Ben is out there. Um, Andre's still out there. Mm-hmm. He's with a different team. I believe he's in uh, Ukraine League. Um, so he moved Marcus's from... season Marcus just started. Just I don't started. believe he played. Oh, I didn't check, but I yeah. just saw like a highlight, and I saw him on the bench. So, oh yeah, so that's that's tough, but um, yeah, but yeah. So we got especially for current listeners from uh, the most recent squads. We have guys out there. Yeah. So it's good to see. Uh, waiting to see if anyone knows about a few names like Dante Ingram. Yeah. Always with the G League uh, last year. Um, so it's kind of see what happened there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But happy to see guys right now. In recent news like Milton uh, Doyle kind of coming back to Chicago, and then. Um, Seeing Ben still trying to uh, be strong out in Europe. Clay still playing in it's Poland. Poland. So whenever we find like stats or highlights of those guys, we'll be sure to tweet that out and talk about it on the podcast a little bit if if it's worthy of uh, worthy of your guys' time. Um, so then, uh, moving from uh, players to games, uh, one of our non-conference games just got uh, nationally is going to be nationally broadcast. So our game against. Vanderbilt, um, which is towards the end of the non-conference, we'll talk about it a little bit later on the podcast, um, it is now going to be a nationally televised game on, on CBS Sports. Um, it is part of a showcase. It's in Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. It's part of the Basketball Hall of Fame showcase. There's another game after that, and I forget. I think it's another mid-major team against a high-major team, but I can't. I can't recall who the two teams are. So I'm guessing they're just going to show the games back-to-back, um, and that's why they're going to be nationally televised. But it should be a fun one. It's uh, always fun to play a Power 5 team um, or a team from a Power 5 conference, and it'll get us a little national rec- recognition if uh, you know we play well or what, what have you. So it's a cool little piece of news. Um, but moving from Loyola news into Missouri Valley Conference news, um, the MVC tip-off event was this past week on Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, which marks the beginning, uh, the official beginning of the men's basketball season because that was the day that the teams can start having official practices. Um, but the Missouri Valley uh, teams, uh, the head coach as well as usually two players from each team go to St. Louis, I believe. Um to have a little bit it's like a it's pretty much a press conference it's a press conference plus the players get to hang out and play games and take pictures and that kind of thing um so every every team was represented i believe lucas and cameron were our yeah usually two guys from every team and the head coaches go down from every school um and our guys of course um cameron uh and uh, lucas so just good to see that guys from around the valley just talking about it. Um, kind of a coaches like a few new coaches again like Brian Mullins. So look at all that. But then talking to Dana Ford down at Missouri State second year. And we got Evansville and then Drake. So like uh, big kind of news to see how things are and just see uh, how like the Missouri Valley is going to shape up. I think depending on how things stretch out, I would hope to see maybe two teams actually in the tournament. This year, it could be. Um, I would hopefully see that, and again, is I think that would just show more credibility to uh, the conference itself. Uh, it wouldn't be just thought of as uh, oh, uh, whoever wins the tournament gets yeah, in. one bid. Yeah, and one again, if people conference. remember back when Wichita was in the conference, it was kind of back and forth. 
Wichita, you and I, and you saw both Illinois the names. Illinois State was pretty good at that time too. Yeah, there Illinois was like State. one season where they Wichita and Illinois State were both like sixteen and two in conference. I think. Yeah, yeah, but and then at the end of the season, it would always be like you and I and Wichita into the NCAA tournament. Right. So uh, it, I think it was great to see to have that come back again. I think right now this is the season that could st- spark it. Yeah. Where we have teams. Um, there are some teams that have really good non-conference. Exactly, teams. Missouri like I know, State has a good non-conference. Yeah, Evansville is playing like Kentucky, I think. Yeah, um, you and I might have actually a good one. So, and if we do very well, when all but one of our non-conference, and we could have a good non-conference schedule, exactly. good enough. Um, but it was a cool event. It's it's fun for the guys, I'd imagine, and um, it was kind of funny seeing some of the head coaches going back and forth about like who's going to be the number one team. Huh. And uh, is is Dana Ford the one at Missouri State? Yeah, yeah. Dana, they were interviewing Dana, and he they asked him if they he, they thought that he they would be the number one seed or the best team in the conference. And Dana goes, Oh no, Porter's got the the best team. Loyal is going to be number one. And then. They asked Porter about that, and Porter goes, oh, no, Dana's sandbagging. It's crazy the amount of talent he has on their team. and So it's just kind of funny seeing a little bit of, like, no one really wants to be the one with the target on their back, I don't think. Um, but I would imagine that the MVC polls would come out pretty soon for, like, who's supposed to, you know, what team, the predicted 2019-2020 uh, rankings for the conference as well as first team and, and all those like predicted and we'll be sure to cover that when that comes out um, the writers and the, the head coaches vote on that so I would imagine that's coming out pretty soon um, but the one thing I wanted to highlight about the MVC tip off is um, there is a reporter by the name of Harry Schroeder who uh, who does he report for you're saying I, feel, I think it's the Bloomington Pantagram or Pantagraph He's from St. Louis um, that's where he's originally from, okay. but his, his Twitter, uh, at father Harry one. Um, if you would like to follow him, he's a good follow. Uh, he interviewed every single head coach, um, at the MVC tip off. And, um, he had a, he, he was asking coaches like who their mentors were and all that kind of fun stuff. And then he was interviewing Porter. And one of the things that I, I really liked, and I think is an interesting storyline to follow this year is a here Uglock season. We all thought he was going to be this, you know, crazy. I thought he was going to be super talented last year, put up big numbers, and he didn't really live up to the hype. But um, they asked, or Harry asked Porter about it, and Porter was going on and on about Ahir's defense. And he thinks Ahir can be easily be uh, all defensive first team. And um, that that was what he was working on this offseason. And if he plays good defense, it's going to open him up to get easy buckets in transition or um, you know, be able to run fast breaks, stuff like that, where his athleticism can really come out to play. And, um, yeah, I mean, if, 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 uh, a here can get to that level and be an all defensive first team, like, cause Lucas Williamson should be all defensive healthy, first team. healthy, yeah, healthy Lucas. Lucas Williamson. And I would even go so far as he probably gets some votes to be the, the preseason defensive player of the year. I don't know if he's going to win it, but um, if we could have two guys on the all defensive first team, like that is something to hang your hat on, and that's something that will win you, like championships, will win you the tournament. If you, if you can build a defensive powerhouse, um, and just not let other teams score. So that was the one thing that got me really excited about the MVC tip off. Um, some other Valley news. Uh, we talked about this a little bit a couple podcasts ago. Uh, Drake forward Tremel Murphy, uh, who was um, who had run into the law a little bit. Um, he uh, officially uh, they came out and they said that Tremel Murphy was swinging a plea deal um, that he pled guilty to false report to public entity, which is a simple misdemeanor. Um, he got thirty. He's going to get thirty days in jail. One year probation, uh, fines totaling up to two thousand dollars, and he was also pleading guilty to discharging a gun within city limits. So, um, interesting thing to follow. Um, we'll keep you updated. It uh, doesn't necessarily mean that he won't play this year. It uh, just it's kind of Drake's a team we got to kind of look out for co champions. Uh, this is not what we want to look out for uh, no. at all. We don't. We're not saying like this is like oh my god we need to. But this is just we're not like excited is, about yeah, it. No, exactly, not at all. But this changed up kind of the idea of what teams we need to look out for. Granted, they still could be a great team without one of their top players. Mm-hmm. But uh, he kind of was the face of the team going into this year after losing some guys. 
the graduates, and then the um, so just kind of important thing to watch out for Valley News. Yeah, and it he does have thirty days days in jail, so I don't know when he's going to serve that. But even if he started today, some of the non conferences start in about a month or like five weeks from now. So interesting to follow there. And then I believe the last bit of news. Finally, uh, Illinois State, one of our biggest rivals, last year debuted their very unique uh, scripted jerseys. Um, I'm sure they didn't get that script from anywhere else. You know, there's not another famous Missouri Valley Conference team that I know of that uses a cursive script on their jersey. Unless Mm -hmm. Lou, you know, do you... You remember anyone that uses a script, a really fancy... A nice, like, looking script? Yeah, that they went to, like, maybe the Final Four. Wearing that script? Right, and, like, nationally was covered as having, like, a top ten jersey. Uh, oh, it was Loyola. Oh, Loyola. Yeah. Loyola. Chicago. Ram- Chicago Ramblers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Illinois State copied that last year, and then they heard us talking mad bleep about their jerseys. And they got so scared that they decided that they're changing their uniforms again and they're no longer using that script. Yeah, no no more using the script. After we released the podcast, I believe it was Tuesday or Wednesday, I saw on their Twitter feed that it came up that the new jersey design, pretty much all it was, was no new logo, just the font was back to just like brick font, like square font, and Times back to what Roman they had. Times, yeah, exactly, what they had before. So It looks identical to I what they had two years ago. I think someone was uh, really trying to chase what uh, champions look like Yeah. in Loyola Ramblers, and I think Illinois State just couldn't live up to it. So they, If uh, you can't beat them, look like them. Yeah. KD, man. Yeah. KD. Dang. Um, so, but yeah, that, uh, that that's it from Illinois State. Yeah, and that, that's going to wrap up our uh, news section here. Um, so next we're going to hop into the non-conference scheduling news. So stay tuned. And the Ramblers are moving on! So here's to wrapping up the non-conference schedule for our Loyal Ramblers. Um, the last five games after the tournament, Cayman the Cayman Islands tournament, uh, we are going to return and go immediately to play at Ball State, who we famously lost to last year. Oh. And then... After that, we have three or two straight home games. We play at home against Quincy, mm-hmm. Division Two, and then at home against Norfolk State. And then we will travel to play a neutral site game uh, against Vanderbilt, and then finish our non-conference season at home against Davidson. So the first game uh, in our final third of our non-conference is at Ball State, who is in the MAC conference, right? Um, who they came to our gym last year and beat us, and it was uh, it was kind of a close game. It shouldn't have been close. We really should have been able to beat them. They did not finish all that strong last year. Then the same conference as Buffalo, which Buffalo's a good team or was a good team last year. You're 15th. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a couple good teams in that conference, but Ball State was not one of them last year. Um, this year, I do think they're going to have a pretty good season. I was looking at some of the, the predictions, and they're predicted to be around a top 100 team, and um, beating a top 100 team at their place is a big deal, and so it should be a good, a good game, uh, a little bit of a revenge game maybe for us. Um, but uh, like that Furman revenge game, uh, there's not a whole lot of players on the team that were here playing in the game last year against Ball State. So it might work a little bit to our advantage, uh, but I think we have the ability to go into their place and return the favor of what they did to us last year. Uh, Lou, what are your thoughts on the Ball State game? Yeah, Ball State, they were dead last in all of the uh, the MAC uh, last year. Sick. So they were one of the worst teams in their conference. Love that. And we lost them. Yeah, and we lost them at a time where it was uh, kind of we were getting kind of beat up because it was uh, it was we were we lost to Boston we lost to Furman lost Boston College lost to Nevada then we came back and we beat UIC but then we lost to Ball State and then we lost to Maryland so it was just kind of a a, a game that we definitely didn't need to lose it was at home as well so that was tough um, so right now this kind of redemption game uh, we definitely want to win this. But it, the huge part of this game is, and I hope listeners kind of agree, is this is the first game back from the tournament. Right. From the Cayman Islands tournament. 
And this is not at home. This is away. It's in Muncie, Indiana, which is not too far, but it's not really like a UIC or a, a Northwestern DePaul game where you can be close. But this is this game will decide how we react to the tournament, um, especially a team that has beat us. They have beaten a team that is very similar to what we are going to produce this year. And if we have a great Cayman Islands tournament, we can't just like kind of have the honeymoon and just be right. like, oh, what? Oh, this game it means like, oh, we can easily do it, and then they beat us. That's going to look bad. But then if we don't do so hot in the tournament, or if we even if we lose just one game, even we can't have this game add on to the lost total count. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a game where it's going to be a huge response to how we come out of the Cayman Islands tournament, mm-hmm. and that's just how it is. I don't know how different this team is from last year at Ball State, but they beat us last year. Um, and that's just something that we got to have in the back of our minds that they're able to. I think this will be a good, like, pulse check game. I don't yeah. know if that's, like, the right word. But no, like check it. kind of, like, uh, there. there's a couple. There's one game, our, uh, the Davidson game, at the last the last game of the year. We'll talk about it a little bit. But that's going to be a very difficult game. This is, like, we're going against a team that's very similar to us. And I think if we win this game, we'll be a little bit better than we thought we might be this year. And if we lose this game, we'll be a little worse than we like. It, it it'll be a good kind of uh, um, temperature check sort of game. Like, how good are we really in 2019-2020? So, um, it should be a good game. Um, you know, it's better than the next game we're going to talk about, which is Quincy, who is a Division Two team. We scheduled a Division Two team last year as well, and I think Benedictine. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what... There's not much to say about the actual team of Quincy. I hope we come out to a 20-point lead in the first 10 minutes and let some of the new guys take over and see the walk-ons take some time. And, or the... Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, Quincy is a is a basketball team. They do have a basketball team with at least five guys and probably a head coach. And they're going to come to Loyola, and hopefully we beat them real good. Uh, what, uh, Lou, what? I know you're not happy about this. I'm not happy about well, this. Well, so, like, we, we got to understand is maybe the Benedictine game last year was such a safety net game that we needed because we got beat up in our non-conference. Mm-hmm. We lost to Furman, lost to Boston College, lost to Nevada, lost to Ball State, Maryland, and St. Joe's, in all the non-conference. And they weren't, like, back, 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 but they all were grouped together. And Boston College and Nevada were right after each other, were right next to each yep. other. Uh, Ball State and Maryland right next to each other. So having games like Benedictine helped. But mm-hmm. I'm still a, a, a person and a per, pretty much an a- activist on the fact that we do not need to be playing Division Two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, there are plenty low-major teams that are... In division, Illinois, even. In Illinois. There's Western. Not a hate on any no, people from Western. we respect it. Western, Eastern Illinois. Like, there are plenty of schools. Northern that Illinois. Northern Illinois, yeah. But even Western Illinois, we've played them. I believe they're oh, the really? ones with their... They're like the purple jackets or... Yeah. Um, so, quite honestly... I mean, we had... This is the time where we usually would play UIC. Exa- yeah. This is the UIC game. This is the exact time of the year. The UIC game. This is tor- right in December... Kind of early December. This would be so. like the perfect time. We've talked about it on a podcast before. Like a little Chicago tournament. Like yeah. Chicago and Northwestern. Of like, you play, you know, DePaul, Loyola, UIC, maybe Chicago State, and Northwestern. And uh, it would be super cool time to, to do a little Chicago tournament. Um, so, I don't know. That, that can kind of wrap up the... Quincy discussion unless you have any other thoughts Lou about no no not at all we uh it, it just it sucks that uh we're not playing UIC I think UIC is exactly perfect yeah uh this kind of just goes back to the whole Eureka game but you know what it is what it is um again this might be the Benedictine perfect game from last year where we, we need this game mm-hmm. more than we think so I hope not I hope this game is just a blowout and I hope we don't need it as much as we think. But um, shout out to Western Illinois because we played them four years ago, and I would like to play them again over Quincy. Let's do it. Yeah. So then uh, the next game is Norfolk State. We have played them the past three years and have won every time, which is a good, good. thing. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. Uh, they're in a pretty bad conference. Um, they historically have had pretty bad years in the in the MEAC. Uh, which I think we play someone else from the MEAC, too. Earlier in the season, we play... Who is it? Oh, Coppin State. 
Coven State and uh, Norfolk State are both in the same conference. So that's kind of what the oh, talent yeah. level we can expect from uh, Norfolk State and Coppin State. Um, I feel like they've always had like a, a decently like athletic squad. Like they always they always kind of give us troubles the first like five or ten minutes of the game because they are really athletic. Uh, but then usually our guys settle in. Uh, we've played all three games at home, so it's just yeah. Uh, we blew them out. Uh, I know one year like eighty to fifty two. Yeah. Um, let's see what we did last year. It's like eighty to forty nine. It was huge. We beat them by a bunch. Yeah, eighty to forty nine. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of like where we are at, and hopefully this game is another game where we get to see how different plays work, different bench guys, see rotation wise. Um, so yeah, hopefully this is another game like that. Yeah, um, so I mean, it's cool. Norfolk State is better than Quincy. Yeah, I'll take I'll take a Norfolk State team any day over Quincy. Um, over a Division Two team. Yeah, again, is uh, they they were a winning team uh, a few seasons ago. Uh, actually, yeah, last year they were they actually last year Norfolk State was twenty two and fourteen was okay. the number one seed in the uh, uh, the Mid Eastern uh, Athletic Conference, but wow. they didn't. They didn't win their tournament. Let's see how they did in the tournament. Did they go to the NIT then, or is that only for mid-major? So they, they lost in the finals to uh, North Carolina Central by three points, and they were the Dang. one seed. So that's actually kind of tough. I wonder, because I know we went to the NIT. And they went to the NIT, yeah, they in the second round. Yeah, they played. They beat Alabama in the first round in OT. Dang. So And they lost to Colorado. So I think this Norfolk State team actually is a good thing for okay. us. I definitely, I definitely see I'll this. I'll take that. Great. I'll look forward to this game. Yeah. Um, it'll be fun. Um so yeah, it's good to have them. I wonder how long this like contract goes with them, because mm-hmm. four years is a long time to play the same team, especially if you're not returning to North. Like we haven't played a game at Norfolk State yet. Oh, that's very true. I know what you're saying. Yeah. So I wonder. I mean, it, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this works out, but should be a fun game. Uh, definitely better than Quincy. Then I had to take that every day of the week over Quincy. Mm-hmm. Agree. Um. So then that that we got two interesting games to the last our last two games in non-con. Um, one might be a little better than the other, but they're both good games. And, uh, Lou, what are those two games? So the first one, uh, we already mentioned it to start off right away, is the Vanderbilt game. Uh, that is going to be on nationalized uh, televised TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually in Phoenix. It's part of a whole um, kind of segment they're doing where they're sending out teams to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just going to be, a, I think, a good stage for us. Um, we're pretty much talking about Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt was a very, very, very bad team last year. Dang, get up. Uh, they actually, so they were 9-3, and three, and then they went on a 20-game losing streak. Okay. Uh, they were 0-18 in conference play. In which conference? Uh, they were in the SEC. It's a good conference. It's a good conference. So it's not like it's easy to win there. No. Uh, but then here's the, here's the issue why they went. Uh, their top player... Uh, Darius Garland, who people might know, was drafted fifth in this past year's draft, was out for the whole year. Yeah. Got out, out early. And another one of their top recruits just didn't live kind of up to the hype, but he then ended up getting uh, picked up by an NBA team. So, in response to that, Vanderbilt uh, fired their head coach, Bryce Drew. Shout out Valpo and Valpo Connection there, the Drew family. They hired, this is a Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, so, this is Jerry Stackhouse's first year, but for those of you uh, remember, Jerry Stackhouse is a uh, really, really great NBA player. Uh, was drafted second, and he had a great NBA career, uh, just finishing up in 2013, and he was an assistant with the Grizzlies, kind of helping out with the Toronto Raptors well, and then he decided to come uh, coach at uh, Vanderbilt. So kind of all things coming together, he went to North Carolina, so this guy has a great coaching, I mean, sorry, playing and experience background, but the team itself is going to be kind of an interesting team, a team who went 0-18 in conference play and a team who really just didn't succeed at the non-conference level as well. as well. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting setup. I think this is actually a, a win that we can get. Um, I'm yeah. not saying at all it's an easy win. They are an SEC team, and regardless of them being 0-18, SEC is a different level of conference mm. play. Um, as we know, as our conference play even gives us sometimes trouble, so we have to know that they are kind of just a little bit caliber, a little bit higher. For they sure. do get... A little bit maybe bigger Better recruits, funding. But more funding, so they definitely have resources. But I yeah. do think this game isn't out of reach. I definitely um, hope this game. And, again, it's a new coach, new new year for the team, so this they might still be in an adjustment period. Sometimes first-year coaches don't have all the 
everything mapped out and everything. They don't have out. all their players. Exactly. Like they don't have the right situations, and they're still learning. So uh, this is going to be a hopefully a good game for us to really take advantage of. And we've had some uh, recent success against SEC teams. We uh, beat Florida at mm-hmm. Florida. We beat Tennessee in the in the tournament. Um, we saw another team. I don't know. Well, now we're playing Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. So we've had some uh, some some recent success against SEC teams, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can keep that up. The other the, the other game I was saying how it's the uh, 2019 Basketball Hall of Fame Showcase out in Phoenix. That's why we're playing out there. The other game is Arizona State and St. Mary's. So again, a high major team in Arizona State, and then St. Mary's. So that's a, that'd be a fun event to go to. So. Yeah, no, definitely. I definitely think this is also a great uh, kind of recruiting thing to show that we're on the national stage. And we're getting our name yeah. out there, and against teams that other recruits can like look and be like, "Oh, I know that team." Yeah, that would be like uh, it'd be a cool little recruiting tool, like for the Arizona area. Um, yeah, we a uh, few guys. Um, Cam Satterway was from there, right, so yeah. they do produce uh, some good talent out there. So uh, we'll see what we can do, but just also just to put us on the national stage. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's a good game. Uh, should be fun. Hopefully we we should win that game, but it might be challenging. For it's sure. definitely gonna be challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's the the last game then? Uh, the last one is gonna be Davidson. Uh, so for people who know Davidson is a team, uh, most people are gonna know as Davidson um, as Stephen Curry's team. Mm-hmm. That's the team that he ended up playing for in college. But uh, right away, just a fun thing I want to talk about is they've had the same coach for the last thirty years, Dang. and that's something because this man has gone. To the tournament, a lot of times in this in his in his thirty years, uh, they they were there in twenty eighteen. Last year they were in the NIT. Uh, they were in the NCAA tournament though in 2015, 2013, 2012. Um, so Davidson is a team that knows how to win. Uh, last year though they were in the NIT and lost in the first round. Um, so and they're also in. They always also usually are in the top of their conference. Last year they were twenty four and ten overall and fourteen and four in the conference. Uh, another person in their conference is VCU. So they're very competitive. Um, funny enough, though, we got to give a shout out. So they didn't win their conference tournament because St. Louis won it. So St. Louis right. that was um, a crazy tournament last year. Yeah, at that conference. Exactly. St. Bonaventure actually was in the finals with St. Louis, and St. Louis actually kind of pretty much dominated Davidson in the tournament. So I think that's a great game for us to kind of look at and be like, hey, that's how we need to play because Davidson is a team that always is in the top 100. They're always going to be there. They beat Wichita State last year. So we we've, we've uh, want to kind of get nearly to their caliber. I think I think there is something we want to kind of be around mm-hmm. as a a team that always is up in the top for the conference and as a team that fits also in that's just the NCAA top one hundred. Yeah, I was gonna say they're like constantly in the top. Con- exactly, that's the thing. They might not always constantly be like, oh, we're gonna get uh, sixty four uh, top one top sixty four teams to make the seedings. Mm-hmm. But they're always in the mix for hey, they make a few game run and there's that jump into the yeah. NCAA tournament. So. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. This is definitely one of the higher caliber games we have. Uh, I would say at this point, looking at the schedule, the only other team that we might play, we might not even play them, is New Mexico State. Other than that, this would be the top team, at, l- at least looking at the preseason rankings at this moment. That it, it would be the only other team that could even come close would be Nebraska because they're in the Big Ten, but we might not play them. And if, by some miracle, Vanderbilt is a good team in the SEC. Other than that, it's New Mexico State and Davidson would be our top two teams at this point. And Davidson's the only one we're guaranteed to play. So, good good on Porter for getting this game. Like, we, we kind of crapped on him for the bad Quincy game. But good for him. I mean, I would imagine it's a one-and-one. One, so, like, we would probably go as a home-and-home. Home, so, we would probably play Davidson at Davidson next year. And, uh, you know, this is the type of teams we need to be playing. And a good good mid-major, good to great mid-major, or decent high-major teams. So, yeah, um, yeah I, what are your last thoughts on the non-conference schedule, Lou? Um, there are definitely things to take. Also, we got to, quite honestly, it's really just understanding, be like, hey, that's the, sometimes it might be the best we do. We No one knows. We actually don't know what happened with scheduling. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think there's room for improvement, but... Again, is maybe there's also room we need to be realistic and be like, hey, just in case the worst happens, we need to have a plan B. So I think that's where it kind of fits. Do you think – I think right now if I had to give it a grade. I was going to say that, yeah. Um, I'd give it more of a 
I want to say a, a low B. Yeah. It, it's 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 a B minus high B minus low B. Uh, just for me, I'm, I don't want to say it's near B plus. Yeah, I would give it a B. So I think the tournament we we got a better tournament. Definitely a way better tournament than Which the Savannah great. one. It's a great. Big. We won the Savannah one, so true. I think it's it's crucial that we don't just lose all the games. If we lose yeah. every single game in this tournament, then it, the tournament was a waste, right? Because all we did was like we never showed up. Even better though than last year when we were where were we last year? We when we played Boston College and Richmond. Oh, uh, Fort Myers. Yeah, Fort Myers. Even better than Fort Myers, I would say. Yeah, no, definitely better than Fort Myers. We just but the results. Right. Of each game are going to determine even if this tournament was worth it. Because mm-hmm. I would I would definitely say is we're losing all these games in the Cayman Islands, Fort Myers is a better tournament because we... See, I disagree with you a little bit on that. Like, I want, I'm happier that we are playing better teams even if we lose. Because last year we were playing worse teams and we still lost a game. I don't, Boston College is a worse team, in my opinion, than South Florida. I, I don't agree with that. Okay. I have to, yeah. Boston College is a bigger conference... They're, they're bigger schools. So I'm just can, saying, like, predicted to be. Like, I think this year South Florida will be a better team than Oh, yeah, Boston but that, that is year. also – Boston College was a better team last year. See, I disagree. But See. that's okay. We can, like, this year, yeah, for South Florida just came off winning the CBI. So, yeah, right. of course they're going to be a good yeah, team. Yeah, but, but I just think the overall talent of this year's Cayman Island tournament is better than the – Overall tournament, uh, overall talent of last year's tournament, which was Boston College, Richmond, and who was the other team that Boston College played? I don't know. It must have been a it, they they had lost to Boston College, so it must have been a worse team. Um, but I don't know. That's my my opinion is that this tournament is better, even if we lose all three games. I still think the quality of the tournament is better. Yeah. Um, my my grade on the, the schedule will be a B. I think even if you were to eliminate the Quincy game and then maybe, like, eliminate the what the second worst game is probably Coppin State. If you eliminate those two games and get a slight, like, a, you schedule another Division One team, even if it's, like, mid to low major and then a little bit better than the Coppin State, I think that immediately is a B plus, A minus. Just eliminating the really bad teams from your schedule is key for next year, maybe. Um, so okay, we got fourteen games, including the exhibition. What's the record? What, what are you What are you predicting for the the non conference schedule record? Fourteen games, including the exhibition. Including the exhibition, so really thirteen. Let's we're assuming we win the exhibition, so we go one and zero. So then we got thirteen more games. Hmm. Because we we'd been doing this each segment by segment. I think we each said two and one for the tournament. Um, I think we were between four and one and five and zero oh the first. I think if if we're really gonna look at it, I think so. There's twelve games after the exhibition. No, thirteen. There's fourteen 13. total. I I can see us going ten and three. Okay. Ten. Uh, you know what? Eleven and two is what you know. Eleven. I'm gonna go eleven and two. Okay. Third, uh, ten and thirteen is the absolute worst. I hope three. to see ten yeah. and three, yeah. And then twelve and one is what I really. Damn. I do think it's either going to be if if the one loss, if we go thirteen zero, absolutely amazing. But twelve and one, I do think it's either going to be a tournament, uh, the Cayman Islands tournament, or Davidson, Vanderbilt, or Davidson. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those three situations. I think Davidson's going to be our. I really do think Davidson's going to be our hardest game. My only thing is, I think Old Dominion is we've kind of forgetting they were a team who was great last year. So if they have True. a great Cayman Island tournament again, as we don't know how Nebraska is going to be with a new coach, New Mexico State, New Mexico State now coming back. So there's so many different variables and everything coming into this. So, but I think ten and three is the worst. And then of the course, worst to still be like decent. Exactly. Like yeah. you're not mad at ten and three. I'm not. I'm not. I can't be but, mad, especially especially if they're the losses. I hope they are. Like, yeah. If they're a Ball State loss, of course I'm going to be mad. Right. If they're a UC Davis or if they're a Furman or even the St. Joe's game, I don't think we should lose. Right. Because the St. Joe's is a weaker team than we lost it last year. Mm-hmm. But we also lost them last year, so we also need to be like, hey, we can't lose them. So okay, what's your final final decision? What are we going in the thirteen games? Big I'm gonna ball. say uh, eleven and two. Okay, I'm gonna say ten and three. Ten and three. Yeah. So hopefully we're both wrong. Hopefully they do better than better. Yeah. Than oh yeah. For the for the best. Yeah. All right. So that's gonna wrap up our non-con. Um, Lou went with a B minus. I went with a B. 
and then you went with 11 and 2, and I went with 10 and 3. So um, now we're going to talk into our recruitment news. And the Wranglers are moving on! So my favorite part about talking about the team is the recruitment news, and we have a big scoop. I mean, we're not scooping it, but it's some news. Um, we have another commitment for the... Wait, what? Yeah, another one. But we were at 13. Right. So there's this fun technique that a lot of Division One men's and women's, I'm sure, head coaches do in which they oversign. So we have a new commitment. Uh, Jacob Hutson, H-U-T-S-O-N, uh, hailing from Minnesota. Uh, he played for the Fury. That was his AAU team. And I can't remember off the top of my head what his high school team is. Edna or Ednina? Edina. Edina. Sorry, Something Jacob like, and yeah. anyone from Minnesota. We'll get Minnesota. it right. We'll get it right. We promise. Um, we'll make corrections at the end. But uh, 6'10", center. What? Say it again. 6'10". Six 6'10", foot ten. Six foot ten, ladies and gentlemen. And um, not only just a big boy, he can shoot, too. But we need to talk. Yes, he can shoot. We'll go into this really quick and also hit up our Twitter feed for all the great highlights and the captions we created. Mm-hmm. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, if you went to our roster, you want what did you, what do you think, Buck, is the tallest person we have on our team right well, now? Well see well yeah, see it was either Frank or or Cam. I think it could be Tom Welch, but I don't I think Tom Welch is six eight. Okay. I think I hear six seven. Okay. So I think it is between Frank and Cam. And I'm pretty positive that Cam is six nine. I have a, an inclination that Frank is listed at 6'10". So I'm going to go with Frank. Okay. So you're wrong. Dang. Frank and Cameron are Exposed. ranked at 6... Or not ranked, sorry. Their height is registered at 6 feet 9 inches. Okay, so I each. had Cam's height right. Uh, yeah, here is 6'7". Okay. Definitely agree. Uh, we have uh, Will Alcock um, at 6'7 as well. Okay. Um, so it's just... And then Tom Welch is 6'8". Okay. So we got some big guys, but Jacob Hudson, yeah, is six foot ten, ladies and gentlemen. We have not had a big boy like this. Well, we had um. Oh my gosh! Hold on, don't. Let's say it. Should we say it? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember his name. Carson Shanks. Dang it! So Carson we got to give a yeah. shout out to Carson Love Shanks Carson. because was he seven foot? One. I believe he was seven foot one. Carson hit us yeah. up, but we need to correct your height. But yeah, now coaching at North Dakota. No, now coaching at Minnesota Dilmuth, I believe. Okay, um, we'll correct that too. Yeah, love shouting out things we don't know. But right, um, we haven't seen a big boy like this since Carson Shanks. Mm-hmm. And shout out to OG fans, Julius Rajala. Um, people know want to know things that goes before that. My, my time. So we have a big boy, and here's my favorite part about this. This big boy will sit behind Cameron Crutwig and Frank and Tom Welch and a here yeah. for at least one year. Mm-hmm. Cameron Crutwig will be the one year. Frank will be two years. Tom Welch, he's only going to be one year behind, so we'll be there with him for three that's years. That's a fun duo to dream but about. That's what I'm saying. This kid, Jacob, he's got big. Mad I need potential. you to get big. Yeah. I need you to get muscles. I need you to get just stronger. Now I'm talking about swole. Talking about just stronger. I know you got it. Or big. You know, put on some put on some weight. I mean, yeah, he's, exactly. He's got a big frame. He's got to fill it out. Exactly. But I'm so excited. It's a huge pickup. Um, I think this is a huge kind of momentum, especially reaching up to the Minnesota depths. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really surprised Minnesota didn't think about getting this kid. Right, yeah. Uh, In their backyard. Yeah, right there. Um, Minnesota no. has a really good recruiting, like, high school class. Like, the 2020 I've been reading on Twitter, like, their top 10 is, like, really No, exactly. Good yeah, yeah. Time. And then they also are most likely going to get this, the top one 2021 recruit, uh, Chet, um, who, if people oh, want to know, Chet. He's from Minnesota. Yeah, he's from Minnesota. And Have they ever played against each other? We should look into oh, this. Oh, I want to see but that. Let's fill in up. some things we Sorry, don't want to carry yeah, we're, on. We're rambling a but lot. Chet, um, I forget his last name, is from Holmgren. Minnesota. Holmgren. Holmgren. Holmgren, yeah. Holmgren. He crossed up Steph Curry at a camp over the summer, and he's seven feet one yeah. inches. He's and one he's, year younger. He's one year younger than Jacob Hudson. But um, I'm really happy we were able to grab a kid like Jacob Hudson yeah. from Minnesota. Because this shows people, hey, we got Minnesota, we got Wisconsin, we got Michigan, Baylor Indiana. Baylor from Texas. Baylor Hudson from Texas. We have guys. We got guys from Kansas, guys from Canada. Canada. Yeah, so we, we can – and not saying, again, Chicago some of the best basketball right. program. In high this past year, we've got the, three in, from Chicago. Exactly. In two. the country, though, 
are from Chicago. Mm. So, but the fact that we are able to also not once if we can't get Chicago, it's not like oh hey we can't recruit. No, we are able to. So I'm happy by this program. Um, uh, a little birdie said that um, he met Jacob and his family, mm-hmm. and they actually were very excited when he met them. Inside sources. Um, inside sources, yeah. So we won't reveal our sources. No, no, no. But um, it, it's great to just kind of see this uh, recruiting pickup as a huge win. I yeah, think, right so now. Correct, look, we were correct. Jacob Hudson is from Edina, Edina uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, listed at 6'10", listed as 240 pounds, um, and I mean, we tweeted out some of the highlights. He's He's got a lot of different uh, moves in his bag, so to say. Um, he likes to post up. He likes his little hook shots. He's really crafty around the rim with his hands. I think his footwork could use a little bit of work, but that's usually... For big guys, the last thing to come. Uh, like Frank's, that's always been Frank's issue, is that his feet are a little slower. Mm-hmm. And that's why we value Cameron Crutwig so much because his footwork is insane. So that is super cool that, you know, Jacob can come here, learn from the best at footwork. I mean, Cam's footwork has to be up there with some of the best uh, big men in college basketball. Um, but the thing that really excites me about Hudson is he's very athletic. He can run the court, and he can shoot. Uh, he's he's. We found lots of videos of him shooting the three ball. Um, his stats on his uh, high school page show him as a thirty nine percent shooter from three, which is very respectable. Um, it's it shows that he can hit that shot with consistency. And I'm not necessarily sure if that. Because the, the length of the three-point shot extends from high school to college. So I wonder, that's one thing that I wonder, if um, the, his actual three-point shot will transfer to college basketball. But at the very least, he will be a very good mid-range shooter in college basketball. And that is a weapon to have, um, to have a guy who can, who can pull back and take your 15- to 20-foot jump shots. And this is a, a big guy that can play with other big guys because he does have that potential to still stretch out the floor a little bit. Exactly, yes. So, so he could, in the future, have minutes with Cam, have minutes with Frank. Him and Tom Welch could probably will play together at some point in their Loyola careers. Um, so we're super pumped. I'm really interested to see... He got a bunch of offers after this past uh, this past summer playing in his travel league. I read some tweets that they went to a couple tournaments and um, the, his his Minnesota Fury team beat some of the again some of the top tier uh, travel basketball teams. Um, so I'm interested to see whether his ranking shoots up. I think right now in the state of Minnesota he's like a top. I know he's a top ten, um, but I, again it's, he's got a whole other season to play. So we might see these rankings adjust. Um, and big guys often are the last, like, because they get taller, they get stronger. Well, they're, they're the last, I do agree, 100%. They're the last guys to really get scouted for mm-hmm. their proper ranking. Because right away, they're just on rankings because they're tall and they're big. Right. Um, but it takes time a little bit for someone to actually notice their game. And, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how things work out and see how things are going. He had uh, many offers, many from the Valley. He had offers from SIU, Illinois State, Bradley, um, Valpo, Northern Iowa, uh, so a bunch, and I'm sure he got looked at from a lot of of all of the other Valley teams. He also had uh, offers from big mid-major schools like George Washington, um, Northeastern, Akron, uh, Ball State, St. Bonaventure, Wofford. Wofford is probably the top school that I would say, besides us, they're a, a, they've been very good the past few years. I know he was getting, I think he was going to go on a non uh, non official unofficial unofficial visit to Northwestern. Uh, I think it was supposed to be like this upcoming weekend, and there were also he was getting scouted by Iowa. So he was getting lots of looks from uh, a multitude of teams. Um, and so for Porter to get this commitment is a huge deal. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what he does this season for his high school team. I'm sure he's going to go out and dominate. Uh, we hope that he stays healthy above all other things, is that he continues to be healthy and 
and working on his game and um, enjoys his enjoys the season. And then I'm sure he'll go out and play another AAU season. And, um, yeah, I mean, Jacob Hudson's – I'm pumped. You know, without a doubt, people should be excited um, because yeah. this is kind of – It's a continue – we were pumped about this year's class and Kennedy, Welch, and Well, this Wojcik. is that, that, that shift of it's position continue. though, too, I think, because we've, we, we garnered yeah. a group of point guards – with, right. Uh, you, you got Marcus Kennedy coming in. You got Paxson kind of coming in stretch shooting guard. Um, so we got uh, time with the JUCO kids, and then uh, with uh, Jalen, and then um, Keith Clemens. Keith Clemens, thank you. But then like we also added Tom Walsh just for depth of big guys. Either a three or um, a four. But this is the perfect fit, though. People got to think longevity and long term, mm-hmm. and to care about the program is Jacob Hudson fits in for like, hey, he gets to shadow. In my opinion, I know Carson Shank talked about it a lot, and I love and credit this for Carson Shank's is how he would practice up against Cameron Crowe a right. lot. Like, for Cameron Crowe to play up against a bigger guy, bigger as body, a freshman. as a freshman, he's huge. But for Jacob Hudson, I think, to watch Cameron Crowe move against him yeah. will be even bigger. Yeah. Because defensively, yeah, Jacob's going to be bigger. He might have a bigger wingspan. But he won't be as quick as Cameron Crowe. No, was. not as a freshman. So to watch Cameron Crowe move and see his feet work because he'll be defending that, yeah. that will be a huge growth, I think, for the future. And that's just a huge pickup because it spreads out. Um, we'll get into this a little bit, but we won't talk about it too long. But scholarships, yep. because the way things work, we don't want to be bundled up all in one year because then we want to be able to spread out and get a good amount of guys. Um, but, yeah, I think this is a huge pickup and a right move. Yeah, I think they. I think we even might have mentioned it on a previous podcast about how we really wanted to see them get a big guy in Cameron's senior year. Exactly. I think it's like the perfect move to continue. I would have been, and we probably would have talked about it if they got a commit from another guard. We would have been like, hey, maybe that wasn't the right move. But this signing Jacob Hudson, or not signing yet, but getting the commitment, the verbal commitment from Jacob Hudson is – Awesome. We're super pumped. Um, I'm really excited to see uh, him play, uh, follow his, his high school year as, long, as well as Baylor had. Um, but this is the continuation of a great recruitment class of 2019 into 2020. So um, the one kind of uh, formality point is we are over the limit now Uh-oh. of scholarships, Uh-oh. which is... I've I don't think they've done that that I know of recently at least the past few years. I I don't know if we've willingly got a scholarship and going into the season before the before, before the, the season starts. Yeah, that we've actually already hit over the limit of scholarships. So yeah, so people who don't know, NCAA only allows thirteen scholarship players on a uh, bas- men's bas- D one basketball team. Mm-hmm. On every sport actually varies. Uh, for soccer, they actually only allow about. Um, Nine, I believe. So, like, each sport is varies. Uh, we're lucky that for basketball, you can get 13, actually, in my opinion. Very so lucky. everyone can get a full. If you, that if you, your if roster you want, could exactly, be 13 Exactly, that your roster full. is 13 full scholarship players. Granted, people may know, like, uh, we had walk-ons. We currently have walk like Jake Bonner. Uh, we had the other walk-on. Will Alcock. Will Alcock. Um, so we have other walk-ons that come in, and they fill in the other roles. But right now, we're over. You can only allow 13 per year. And if, the C- if, when, if next year starts... Because we're only losing one senior. All right, Bruno. Bruno is graduating in May, no matter also, what. Also, shout out to Bruno. Thanks for the call uh, for welcoming me as a season ticket holder. Shout here, out, Bruno. Here, nice. We love you, Bruno. But it's kind of odd. We don't know what's happening. We don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, again, as we don't know, maybe someone has a medical thing and we're going to get uh, someone from a medical red shirt because that's what happened. Tyson Smith, actually. Right. That's a great example. We were at 13, but then Tyson got the medical red shirt, mm-hmm. so we were allowed another scholarship. Tyson was still on a scholarship mm-hmm. while going to Loyola, um, but he couldn't play. So, again, right. we don't know what's going on. It's like a little different than Cooper because he had already started practicing, and then he got hurt because of practice, so then he was not – he's still on scholarship. So even though he is – Cooper's hurt, he still is awarded an athletic scholarship. Exactly. And there are other ways – we're kind of talking about if there, we're interested to know if there's other ways for players to get scholarships. Like maybe one of the guys is going to get an academic scholarship. Um, well, they could be geniuses. We don't know. Yeah, and they there are lots of opportunities at Loyola. I specifically know of a few that are 
most, if not close to uh, full ride scholarships for other things like academics or merit or going to a Jesuit school. Like there are many different things. So I would still think the most likely option is that we talked about, I think it's one, 1.75 is the average amount of D1 men's basketball transfers every year. So even if we're on the low side of that, is one guy transfers like this past year we had two. We had that would fit the Isaiah. Yeah, yeah. If we had, if we are on the low side exactly, and one of our guys transferred for whatever reason. for whatever reason, again, is the average is one point seven five roughly. Yeah. But that would fill in then. Okay, hey, we have we're at the limit of thirteen. We're not over the limit. It could so, even be a guy like Braden Norris who is taking. He just transferred, and so he has to sit out a year. Maybe. He just wanted to have a year in Chicago and train with Loyola. Maybe what we'll, an odd thing. I don't know, but, maybe, but it could but be. But again, is statistically, people need to remember it's one point seven five is an actual average per team. Yeah. So there is a chance. Um, again, is we could not we could be waiting to hear that someone's actually injured. Um, True. again, is uh, Cooper when we found out that was just by Porter saying it, so right. no one really knows the insides because no one's there. We're not anyone on the team, so. The most likely is someone will end up transferring out for maybe they didn't get enough playing time. Maybe they have a family emergency and they need to be closer to home. Yeah, again, as we kind of won't know, yeah. really. And again, as here, here's the other one for you, and I'm just going to say this one and not hopeful. I'm hoping it's not true. Yeah. But here's my most likely scenario. Okay, I'm yeah. End it here. What is it? Ahiru Gok yeah. will be a senior Academically, right this year after this year completes. No, at oh, this year so he he's sat a redshirt year. Remember now he's a yeah. redshirt junior. So he's so he at played the, one. Hold on, hold okay. on. At the end of this year, yeah, he will be able to transfer without sitting out a year. Right. So can you explain like what was his freshman sophomore junior? So freshman year he yeah. was academically was at New Mexico. Remember? Right. Then he transferred to Loyola. Sat, sat that whole year, but was Two a sophomore ago. academically. Right. Played NCAA tournament. Or sorry, that was the NCAA yes, tournament. Yes, correct. So he played did this year. That's his, that was last year. That was his junior year academically. Yeah. This is his senior year academically, but in basketball terms, this is his junior year. So he has played. He has completed two seasons as a player. He's completed three seasons as a player. No, no, no but like actually played, like physically oh yeah, he physically played. played two seasons. Yeah. So then this will be his third year of, of eligibility. Yep. And he'll still have one, one year more of eligibility, year. but he'll have graduated. Right. So the NCAA rules. So that's most likely what I'm seeing. Yeah. Is I. Th- Think good, that's especially if he has a very good year. Also, Tate Hall, but Tate Hall hasn't even played at D one level yet. But Tate Hall is right. in the same situation. Right. So again, this could be a JUCO game. We don't know. Yeah. But, and again, we don't want to speculate. No one on the team we hope leaves. Yeah, we don't want that. Uh, because we like you all. We want you all to be great guys. We all want you to play great. And the reality is, we'll, someone one point seven five guys leave right. per team transfer. So someone. So, there we and go. it could be one of the commits. It could be. Baylor yeah, last or year, Jacob. Last year, a perfect example. Last yeah, year, Tyshawn Green, I think. Tyshawn Green, or Tayshawn Green, he committed to Loyola in July, went to school, went to summer school, yeah. and then August was like, hey, Loyola's not for me. Right. And granted, it's already August, but we don't know. Maybe something happened. Um, so I actually hope none of the recruits, uh, because I love every single of those three recruits Wait, we have. Do we end up doing anything with that scholarship? Do we just keep it? Oh, we, we did bury it. Yeah, we didn't give it to a walk on. We didn't because it was. Yeah, didn't, yeah, I couldn't remember. So yeah, but that's just how the way things go. So who do we want to take a bet on? Who's gonna? I or think is that right not now fair? it's not fair, but yeah. I think if we're gonna do it more like logistics and how things work, I think a here if a here has an amazing year, which mm-hmm. I really hope he does. Or Cam. Or Cam. Uh, it's a little different. He would have to sit out a year still, but. Yeah, but I think a here will have a great. If he has a great year, he'll have, he won't be he won't have to sit out. And it might be. It also could be a situation like this previous year where uh, we had both Isaiah um, and uh, oh my gosh, drawing a blank. Who's the other guy that transferred? Oh, Christian. Christian Negron. Um, where both of them probably didn't receive as much playing time as they wanted. Exactly. And for yeah. other reasons, I'm sure. Yeah, but Christian a little injury, but I, I totally understand that point. Yeah. It could be something like that too. So. So yeah, but we'll wait to see. It's kind of something we're gonna again. Is we're kind of only gonna talk about this just as like. Speculation, speculation, but, but also like talking if, reality. Yeah, because we have, especially toward toward the end of the season, we're gonna start saying like, "Hey," but also we we're gonna wait for news. What if yeah. there's news that someone had to leave or someone in medical? So we won't know. For all we know, everyone's staying on the team together, and we, they added yeah. scholarships. We don't want to take bets if 
It's not fair to just like guess a player for exactly. no reason. Exactly, and also for all we know, some of the recruits can be getting scholarships in other ways. Right, it's um, totally le- possible. Legal scholarship. We're not saying they're yeah. getting paid or anything. We're not one of those schools. No. DePaul, uh, Who's that the pays. There was a recent team too that. Is oh, like, Kansas has been speculation in the news right no, now. No, but I think they got busted. Uh, yeah. The, well, there's a Georgia Tech is that Georgia huge, Tech? Yeah, that Georgia was Tech. the one they got killed. Yeah, so they they can't play in certain. So and again, is that's the death penalty? Scholarships. Uh, sorry. Death penalty is not the way, but that's what we call it pretty much in sports, college sports. That's what it's like moniker. Yeah, based. it's because yeah. you can't do anything. You can't go to the playoffs. Can't you can't recruit really? Yeah. So, but uh, right now we're just gonna, we're just gonna wait for news and also talk about how the season goes on. I'm pumped. I as of recording this podcast, um, it is exactly one month until the first exhibition game. Woo! Which I will be there. There we go. Are we gonna Are we gonna tailgate? I think we're gonna tailgate in the rafters. Yeah, I think okay. I think we do. I'll that. get my uh, George Foreman grill, and uh, yeah, we'll have our own. For those who don't know, they have the Wolves Den up on the top floor Ooh. with some food and uh, beer and alcoholic drinks. And yeah, if you're drinks. of age, if you're of age, but it's for special donors. All Dang. you have to do for our tailgate is just be a special donor and listen. All to you podcast. do is like literally be wearing Loyola gear and have listened to the podcast once, and That's we'll it. give you a, a, a nice hot dog, maybe. Whoa, who's painting? Norville, Al. No, Al Norville. Al Norville, Obviously. please listen to this podcast, donate to our lives, and donate to our passion for Loyola Donate to my bank account. My bank account number is 1234 1963. <laughs> so. um, all right. That's going to wrap this one up. But, uh, uh, Jacob Hudson, we're great. Happy to have you, man. Happy to have you. We're happy. We're God. Remind me of Carson Shanks, kid from Minnesota, eh? Let's go. All right. Um, that's been another episode. Podcast 63, Season 2, Episode 3. Thanks for listening, and go Blurs.